Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am your host, Brittany, and I am a registered holistic nutritionist and a biohacker. And thank you for joining for another episode. I am leaving soon for Orlando. I'm going to the biohacking conference this week, and I'm really, really excited. So there's only going to be one episode this week, and that is the one that you are listening to right now, and that is because I am away. If you are at the biohacking conference currently while you're listening to this, come and find me. I would love to meet you. Otherwise, I am so excited about it. This has been something that I have wanted to do for so long. I think I first looked at it seriously in 2019. I think it was 2019. But I was living in New Zealand at the time, and it was too far and too complicated, basically, to get back. And then in 2020, when I was back in Canada, the pandemic hit, and I didn't go for a few years because of that. I was just difficult with the borders. You couldn't travel, and it was complicated. And this feels like the first year since then where it's really been accessible. And I feel like a lot of people are going. I think there's like 3,000 people going. So I'm super excited. I'm excited to meet people in person and put some face-to-face time in. I started my biohacking platforms and social media channels and all these things, I think in 2018. And it really only started with Instagram. And it's always been online. So I've kind of been working online since then. And so to actually be able to hang out with people in person is going to be so different (laughs) and so new. And yeah, especially because so many people are all over the world that it's going to be fun to connect. I'm also going to the biohacking Congress and that is in October and that's in Miami. So I'm really excited for that one as well. I am going to be doing a lot of work and stuff for that. And if you do want tickets for that, I do have a discount code. It's Biohacking Brittany in all capitals. And I will link it on my website shortly if it's not there already for you. And I'll put it in the show notes of this episode as well. So definitely check that out. And before we jump into today's Q&A episode, a shout out to Spermidine, Spermidine Life. I take two of these a day. They are great. It's a great supplement for activating autophagy. Essentially, autophagy is like cellular cleanup, cellular renewal, and it is usually activated through something like fasting, but I don't fast that much anymore. And so it's really nice to be able to take a supplement that kind of mimics those benefits. I think I've been taking Spermidine Life for maybe a year now, and they are one of my favorite company to work with as well. So Definitely check them out linked in the show notes and also a shout out to Inside Tracker, the best at home blood biomarker test you can get. They are fantastic. So they do minerals, vitamins, hormones, and it's so helpful. So for example, like I just got mine tested in May and it actually showed that my estrogen was really high and I had no idea my estrogen was that high. And Now I'm taking steps to reduce that. And I wouldn't have figured that out without this test. They send in Canada, like typically they send like a nurse to your home and they do the blood test for you. 
So it's so easy. But I think in the States, you can also go to a lab and get it done. And they test for 43 different things. And so it's so helpful, so comprehensive. And if you have any health issue, Inside Tracker is always what I recommend for people who are looking to get data and information on themselves. So you can do that through my website, on my shop page, or just use my discount code BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. And I think you save 20% on all plans. All right. So today's episode is a question and answer. So these are the some, I can't even speak. <laughs> these are some questions I get frequently through social media and I'm just going to go through them. Some of them are more personal and some are kind of more fun, rapid fire ones that I am adding in there as well, just to kind of round it out. So the first one that comes through that I like, I mean, there's different ones. So this is one that I relate to. Again, I'm probably not going to say the names for these because we'll just keep them anonymous. So this one says, as a young female in the field, have you had any unique challenges or obstacles? How have you overcome them? Yeah, this is a great question. So I feel like I was just saying to somebody the other day, I feel like I'm always kind of the youngest person in the circles that I'm in, whether that's in biohacking or even when I'm a part of my Rotary Club in Vancouver, it's like significantly older than me. And biohacking kind of feels like that. And it's going to be really interesting to go to this conference and see the demographic on kind of the ages. Because I think the leaders in the biohacking space specifically are older. And by older, like let's say 45 plus, I guess. I I don't know, like just older, typically married, not married, typically kids, like that type of thing. They've been building their businesses for years and years and years. And so I think that kind of attracts a certain crowd versus having younger millennials or even Jed Zed kind of lead the movement. So I definitely think there are challenges with it. I think for a while, when I, especially when I first started being a nutritionist and posting content online and starting my podcast, there was a lot of imposter syndrome that I felt, like a lot a lot of feeling like I didn't know enough, I wasn't educated enough, I wasn't experienced enough, I didn't have enough business experience, all of that. So like so so much. And I will say that like the older you get and the more experience you have, the quieter imposter syndrome comes becomes. But it kind of always comes back in new waves. So for example, Now, as a podcaster and a content creator and a nutritionist for a few years, I don't really feel imposter syndrome about these things anymore. However, when I'm looking at new business ventures, like if I'm going to start this chocolate company, which is focused on functional chocolate for women's health, then I feel imposter syndrome because I think, oh, I've never started a physical product business. Like this is so new to me. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's it's such a such a challenge. And I think so many people feel that and relate to that. So I think that's natural when you are younger to feel like that. Although I wonder if older people kind of feel like that too. I don't know. I think the other thing as well with like being a younger female in this space, I think there's an element of people not taking you as seriously. 
And I don't know if that is an age thing or a gender thing or both. I would probably argue that it's both. So for example, like I, I wonder if men who are my age would kind of feel like that or be seen like that. And I definitely feel it when I talk to older people who are out of the biohacking space and I explain what I do. So for example, if I'm at Rotary and the average age is like 55 plus, right? And they're not, they don't work in the health space. It's lawyers and it's accountants and it's all types of people, architects and whatnot. And I say, oh yeah, I'm a content creator in the biohacking space. Like the looks, like the lack of understanding (laughs) is ridiculous. And so there's a lot of judgment, I guess, is like the word, right? It's like people don't understand. And so I think that is an obstacle that you have to overcome. And you, the more you're kind of in this space or whatever niche you might be working in or your business might be in, the more you become comfortable in it and the more you become comfortable in pitching yourself and talking about it, especially to people who don't understand it. But it takes a long time to get to that point. And part of that, I think, is harder when you are younger. And I think part of that is harder when you are female and you feel like you have to prove yourself more than men do. Men kind of, this is so general. This is so, so general. But men kind of... Are automatically born with this like sense of entitlement, typically an ego. And from what I've seen, and again, this is not everybody, but a lot of the time. And women, again, I don't really see having that. And this is in many, many conversations that I have with people all of the time who prefer to hire women when they're hiring for their teams and their businesses. And again, I ask them, I'm like, okay, like why? Like, why do you want to hire women over men? And it's because they say like, there's no entitlement, there's no ego, they're much harder workers because they feel like historically they need to prove themselves at work, like in their job. And so they work harder, they work longer hours, they take on more responsibility, there's more attention to detail, all of these skills, whereas men typically don't kind of have that. So Yeah. I don't know. That's like my two cents on that. And I think it's, I think there's a lot of judgment that comes from being a young female in the space, even being a young female podcaster. There is like a ton of judgment that comes from that. I think a lot of the young, very successful female podcasters are often like really sexualized. And I don't see that type of behavior happening with men. Yeah. Like you can even tell when you look at people's podcast logos, like the difference between the female ones and the male ones is like so obvious in what's happening there, you know? So I don't know. I think this might just overarching, I think it's harder for women to be in business, run businesses, be a public figure, be a content creator. And I think the judgment is harder on them. And I see this a lot. And I I experienced this a lot too. So that being said, to people who ever write on my content, who criticize me, like you are just adding to that entire narrative. And there's always a human behind the content that you see. And so 
I just, honestly, I just delete the comments because I, I don't think it's appropriate and I don't have time or I don't care enough to explain myself or prove myself. But sometimes when people write things, I'm just like, if a man posted this, would you be doing this? If like someone was older who was posting this, would you be doing this? You know what I mean? Anyway, that's my tangent on that. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually appreciate someone asking this because that means that they recognize that this might be something that I face and deal with. And it is like being a young female on social media, you are criticized and judged and sexualized so much all of the time, whether you want to be or not, you know, and it doesn't even have anything to do with what you wear or how you edit your videos or maybe what you look like. It's just society in general. So thank you for making me feel seen through that question. Are you tired of feeling out of sync with your body's natural rhythm? Do you struggle with menstrual cycle related issues like fatigue, mood swings, and bloating? If you're looking to optimize your health and well-being, look no further than the ebb and flow cycle guide. This comprehensive guide is designed to help you better understand and work with your menstrual cycle so you can improve your energy levels, reduce PMS symptoms, and gain a deeper understanding of your body. With in-depth information on each phase of the menstrual cycle, you'll learn how to adjust your diet, exercise routine, and self-care practices to better align with your body's needs. One of the biggest benefits of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is its user-friendly format. The guide is easy to follow and provides clear instructions on how to optimize your health throughout each phase of your cycle. Plus, it's packed with valuable information and insights that you won't find anywhere else. So whether you're a seasoned biohacker or you're just starting out, the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is the perfect tool to help you optimize your health and live in harmony with your body's natural rhythm. And with my expertise and guidance, you can trust that you're getting the best information and advice available. So why wait? Head over to biohackingbrittany.com to get your copy of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide and start living your best life today. I guess we're getting really deep today. Anyway. The next question is, how do you strike a balance between traditional scientific knowledge and alternative or holistic approaches in your work? Are there any instances where you've had to navigate conflicting perspectives? Yes, of course, of course, all the time. Oh my gosh, all the time. So I actually just had a conversation the other day with a friend about this. She brought up, it's funny, she brought up the fact that during the COVID, I think I shared a documentary on my stories that was just talking about, I I don't even know if I can say the word, those things that you put in your arm to help (laughs) keep it away. (laughs) Needles, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. And I posted a story about a documentary that came out on how that can be harmful. And she brought this up and she's like, I saw that and I thought you were into conspiracy theories and like, I can't believe you would have posted that. But then I realized there's like a disconnect between who you are online and who you are in person. And I know sometimes you're just trying to like stir stuff up. And I said to her, I was like, first of all, that is not my intention ever. I have never, ever thought I'm going to post this so that I stir up things. Never. That's not what it is. Anytime anything is ever posted on any account or 
any podcast, it's always with the goal of providing a perspective that people might not understand or see or have heard otherwise, and to provide a holistic viewpoint on things and alternative viewpoint on different ways to heal and how we might look at certain health conditions differently. And that's all it is, is like, let's just keep our eyes open. That's what it is. And so I explained that to her. And I also said like how I am on social media is how I am in person. The things I post about, the things I talk about anywhere, that's exactly how I am in person. It's not that I'm some healthy person who questions the traditional medical narrative on social media, but in person, I'm like getting my flu shot every year and I take Advil every day and I, whatever else you might like be, think that kind of goes hand in hand with that type of living. Cause that's not the case at all. So I just explained that to her and yeah, I was like, it's so, all my content is as authentic as it can be to who I am as a person. Otherwise I wouldn't put it out there. And yeah, she was pretty understanding about it. And I just explained my perspective again with posting about that documentary that came out. And I said exactly what I just said, like, let's provide another narrative. And also like, I don't know if I agree with how everything played out in the last three years. And that's not what this podcast episode is about today, because also I think everything is so like, there's so much you're not allowed to say online right now. So I don't want this to get banned or anything, but I, yeah, deep down, like I know what I believe is right and wrong. And do I agree with some of the decisions that I made? Probably not. And I would probably do things differently if it were to happen again. And that's okay. Like that's my perspective. And even when we talk about kids and having kids get certain things that the government deems are necessary, it's not that I'm like super against that. It's more like I want to understand things and understand why and understand is all of it needed? What is the minimum amount that's needed? And yeah, where do I stand with that? Anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of conflict always, always. It's Western medicine versus holistic medicine. And I think both play a part in being healthy and living a long life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do also think that the medical system has failed me multiple times. And so I personally question any recommendations that now come from it. And I have a right to do that. And so that will always be the case. When a doctor says, hey, I think you should do X, Y, and Z, I hear what they say, but I think, okay, great. Thank you so much for telling me. I'm going to go do my research and I'm going to think about this and see if that's the best fit for me. Because in the past, when I trusted you to help me make these decisions and I did with what you said I should do, it actually failed me multiple times. And I'm still dealing with the repercussions of that now, years later. So yeah, I, I have a lot of issues with blindly following medical advice without doing your own research. And I think a lot of biohackers do. And yeah, so there's a lot of conflict for sure. There's a lot of internal dialogue of what do I do? What do I think is best? And what approach do I take? So how do I balance between the two? I would say that currently I am 
definitely more on the holistic side of things, which is no surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. I don't think. (laughs) Uh, Even when I look at the healing map or the healing web, which is on my wall, which has been going viral on TikTok, it's very interesting to see all of the different healing approaches that I've done on the holistic side versus the Western medicine, big pharma side. And I think the balance depends on the health issue that you're dealing with and the severity. I think overall, and I think most I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think a lot of people feel like this is that Western medicine is super great at acute problems and emergencies. And they're not, it's not super great at chronic health issues. And so what do I mean by that? Like if I break my arm and I can go to the emerge room, they can fix it and give me a cast and it's going to be healed in two months. Great. But if I come in and I say, I have cold hands and feet. I think my thyroid might not be functioning that well. They're going to test me. They're going to say, oh, your biomarkers are like a little low, but you're still in the normal level. You're fine. And that's basically what's going to happen, right? Like there's not going to be any diet recommendations, exercise, lifestyle. Maybe if it's out of the normal range, they might say, hey, take this hormone medication, which maybe there's the time and place for. But they're not going to say like, let's get you some iodine. How much seafood are you eating? How much exercise are you eating or doing? Are you sitting all day, which is cutting off circulation to your hands and feet because you have a desk job and you need to be standing and moving more? Are you stressed, which impacts your adrenals, which impacts your thyroid? How's your sleep, right? Like they're not going to say any of that. So I guess there's just a balance between chronic and acute and I think there's a time and place. I guess we're going to see what happens as I get older and things become more complicated, (laughs) unfortunately. Eliminate guesswork from your wellness plan with Inside Tracker. Created by experts from Harvard and MIT, Inside Tracker uses the power of your body's biomarker data to reveal what you need to live longer. You'll receive specific nutrition, exercise, supplement, and lifestyle recommendations providing insight that goes well beyond what you can get from generic blood work. For a limited time, biohacking with Brittany listeners can get 20% off Inside Tracker's new ultimate plan, which includes the estradiol, progesterone, and TSH biomarkers, which are the new ones that have been added. With Inside Tracker, discovering what your body needs is no longer a guessing game. Visit insidetracker.com slash biohackingbritney to get 20% off. That's insidetracker.com slash biohackingbritney to get 20% off today. Okay, the next question. Do you have any self-care rituals or practices that you prioritize in your own life to maintain your physical and mental well-being? Absolutely, yes. I think that, I just talked about this last week, but I think that every healthy choice you make matters. And I think the success comes in repeatedly doing them. So when you go for a walk for half an hour, there's a bunch of healthy things that are physiologically taking place in that moment for your mind, for your body, for your spirit. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's also so much benefit that compounds when you do it day in and day out. 
so much benefit. Like hormones, better regulated, circadian rhythm, better regulated, healthier weight, healthier metabolism, detoxification, lower stress levels over time. Like all of these things come from doing these habits day in and day out. And that's what I think is missing for a lot of people is like the idea of sticking to a self-care routine. I think it's normal to change up your routine. I think it's normal to change your routine per season. So the summer looks different from the winter, sure. Also like different phases of life, like pregnancy, postpartum, like all of that type of thing, absolutely. But again, I, I really, really like to stress to people that let's get you on some sort of self-care routine that you stick to that works for you. And you know what actually made this so clear in my mind was when I did 75 hard for the first time. So the first time I did 75 hard, which is a health, mental health, physical health challenge was in 2021. And I think I've done it three times in total. But now I've kind of adopted it and changed it to my own thing that I just try to stick to. Anyway, so when I did 75 hard for the first time, that really showed me that I can make time in my day for these workouts and this walk. And I can make time for, you know, a gallon of water, eating healthy food, whatever it is. And it it really changed my perspective. So now... I do have a routine. I'll read it out to you. It's right now I'm a little, uh, I'm trying my best to stick to it. I do know that in the summer, and for me, summer in, is kind of like May to September, like May, like four months, May, June, July, August. I am a little more loose on it because I think that kind of goes with the season. And Yeah, I'm a little less strict about it, but I'll read it to you. So it is based off of 75 hard, but it's changed a little bit. So there's kind of six things that I try to do every single day. The first one is do a 45-minute walk outside every morning with my dog. Second is a gallon of water. The third is stick to paleo eating. The fourth is another workout. So right now I'm doing Pilates, but I also count sweat sessions in that. So if I go in the sauna, if I go in the steam room, I count that as well. The fifth is cold therapy. I have a ice barrel outside and I do a cold dunk every day or try to. And then my sixth one is taking supplements. So this is kind of my routine for this summer. I am drinking alcohol right now, but come the fall, come September, I won't be, I will be sober again, probably from September to December is kind of how I'm doing things now. And so when I drink, it's only on the weekends. Definitely do not drink during the week. And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. And I I really like this. And when I'm in this and I'm doing it day in and day out, I feel my best. My weight is a really good level. My hormones are happier. My stress levels are lower. For sure, my stress levels are lower. So I think it is really, really important. So I encourage you listening to this. I think write out some things that you think are important for you and try to do it for three months in a row or two months in a row. I don't think anything less than two months is significant enough. Like I think it is important. And I think every healthy choice does matter, 
But I really, really think there's something to be said about the 75-day mark, the 90-day mark, and kind of just making it your lifestyle on repeat all the time. Okay, let's get to some fun rapid fire questions, which are my favorite things to do now when I am talking to guests on my podcast. All right, let's see. So what is your favorite go-to healthy snack? Yeah, I guess I have answers for this. So right now, I think my favorite is pears and cashew butter. I was doing apples and almond butter for so long, but I actually think it started irritating my gut a little bit. Apples have quite a bit of fiber in them and almonds are not super great. When I did my Viome gut health test, it showed that almonds and almond milk was kind of irritating for my system, for my gut. So I cut out almonds for a bit and now I'm doing cashews and pears and it's nice. I love them. I love both of them. I think they're great. I don't do peanut butter very often because peanuts are naturally higher in or exposed to mold or like bad bacteria. And they're also legumes. They're not, they're not even actually nuts. So I don't really do peanuts. My favorite nut butter is macadamia nut butter. It's very high in fat. I think it is keto. Mm, actually, it might be, they all might be keto now that I'm thinking about it. But macadamia nut butter is very difficult to find. I don't even know the last time I saw it in a store. I think I've only ever made it. And I think I saw I saw it in the stores in Costa Rica when I was there. So that's kind of what I do. That's typically my breakfast, to be honest, around like 9, 10 a.m. is that's it. I'm so lazy when I'm working. I don't want to make a big meal. Uh, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to cook. It needs to be like five-minute prep and eat for me. And so that's kind of one of my go-tos. And I love pears. I really do. And I have all different types too, like the green, the brown, like more gold ones. There's like yellow ones too. There's a whole bunch of different ones, but anyway, that's kind of what I am doing for my healthy go-to snack as of right now. Let's see. What else did you guys say? What's the strangest biohacking experiment you've ever conducted on yourself? Oh boy. I don't know what is strange and what isn't strange. At this point, I feel like I've done a lot. I think there's some things I haven't done that I probably will do maybe one day. There's like different psychedelic drugs that I haven't done that I would do. Like, I guess like Cambo is frog poison. I haven't done that. I don't know if that's considered a psychedelic though, but I haven't done that. People who like ferment and drink their own urine. I haven't done that. What else? I guess like what I have I done that's weird. I mean, enemas, some people are super grossed out by enemas. I've done coffee enemas. Like the average person is pretty grossed out by that. So I guess that would be strange. I'm also doing skin sobering right now. So I'm literally using nothing on my skin, like nothing. No moisturizers, no serums, no facial cleansers, like no peels, nothing. And this came from a podcast I did about a month ago when we were talking about skin fasting and skin sobering and how we really don't actually need all of these products and how they can be so disruptive to our health. And we're better off using far less and letting our skin microbiome regulate itself. So 
that was an amazing podcast episode I did. If you haven't listened to that, check it out. It will definitely, definitely open your eyes to the skincare industry and how they just try to sell you so much garbage, like, you know, strip your face and then replenish it with like this serum and oil and then do it again the next day. And it's like, oh my gosh, just so much. And you waste so much money, like buying all of these things. So I've kind of stepped out of that for a little bit and it's been amazing. As a biohacker and somebody who is just super into health, especially on a cellular level, I really, really value autophagy. And there's different ways to trigger autophagy, like fasting. But as someone who, you know, is very wary of her hormones and menstrual cycle right now, fasting every single day isn't something I am currently looking at doing. However, you can trigger autophagy through taking spermidine. So I take spermidine from a company called Spermidine Life. I talk about them on my social media as well. And essentially, I take two of their supplements every single day. Autophagy is the cellular renewal process that happens. And when you take spermidine, you are helping to trigger this to happen more often and more frequently. And so basically, you are getting healthier, more active, cleaner cells, and kind of killing off and getting rid of the ones that are sluggish and old. And we really, really do want to help this process and let it happen more naturally in the body, but we can also support it through taking spermidine. This process decreases as we age. So it actually gets more and more important that we, you know, bring in things like a spermidine supplement to support it. You also notice a difference about two to three months after taking spermidine every single day in your hair, skin, and nails. It has made my hair grow. My nails are so long right now. Seriously, they are so long and it really helps you have glowing, healthy skin. So it helps with longevity. It helps with cleaning up your cells and it helps with all of the beauty things that we all care about. You can try spermidine. I suggest it. They even have a subscription. You just sign up for a subscription and then you don't even have to think about it. It just gets delivered to your house. Isn't that so easy and smart? I take their current one that's called Extra Plus. This has 1,300 milligrams of Selvio wheat germ extract in it, which is the spermidine. You can go to my website, www.biohackingbrittany.com, go to my shop page and click to Spermidine Life right there. Use my link, use my discount code, which is Brittany in all capitals, and you will get a discount on everything. They even have powder forms you can add to water. They have stronger forms, which I'm taking right now, or you can take the basic formula. There's lots of different options for you. And it will be linked in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. So go right now, try Spermidine Life if you want to enhance your autophagy, support your longevity, and also get some hair, nails, and skin benefits. Okay, and one more question to wrap up. Let's see. If you could have dinner with three people living or dead, who would they be? Wow, this is like not related to health or biohacking at all. I would have to think about this. Okay. Wait, three three people for dinner? Is it like we're all at the same table or is it like I'm having dinner three separate times? I feel like it's like having dinner once with three people. Okay, so first and foremost, 
Taylor Swift, obviously, not even a question. I'm a big Swifty and I have seen her in concert before in New Zealand. And I am really hoping she comes to Canada for the Eras tour because I really want to get tickets. And yeah, I really, really want to do that. (laughs) So Taylor Swift would be my number one. I don't even know who would be my number two. Wow. I have to think about like who I'm a fangirl of. Oh, maybe Selena Gomez. This just sounds like all celebrities. I guess like Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez would be a great dinner. This is <laughs> this has nothing to do with health or biohacking. And then who else? I feel like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I feel like I would just like to have dinner with them too. And then I would do a separate dinner with other people. Like I'd love to have dinner with obviously the big names in the health world, in the natural health and holistic world, like Dr. Mercola, Ben Greenfield would be sweet, Dave Asprey. Yeah, I feel like those three are really, really big names that would be mind-blowing to like sit down and have a dinner with those three. Holy smokes. I don't even think I would talk. (laughs) I think I would just listen and not say anything and let them talk because they're just such big personalities and big people in the space that it would be very intimidating, but I would be very, very grateful to hang out with them. And then I would probably, if I, you know, I'm just giving so many answers for this, but I would also love to talk to doctors from a hundred years ago. Like I, I find natural medicine and holistic medicine from a hundred years ago. So interesting. Basically before big pharma, before pharmaceuticals really became so mainstream in the Western society. I like before, you know, what they call Rockefeller medicine before all of that, I would love to talk to doctors and hear about their perspective on healing different issues. I just think it'd be fascinating. And not just Western medicine. Like I would love to talk to like Ayurvedic doctors, traditional Chinese medicine doctors. Like there's so much to be learned from other cultures and they know so much about the body and they view the body in such a beautiful way and such a different way. I really, really respect all types of alternative medicine. So I would love to just learn Like all of these situations, except for probably, well, actually, no, it would be. I would love to just sit down and learn and listen to these people because I feel like I have so much to learn still in life. And so, yeah, I guess I can quickly do one more question. Oh, there was a good one. Where was it? What's the latest book you've read and do you recommend it? Yes. So I will recommend, I love that we're all over the place for this podcast episode. I would recommend this series called Twisted. I'm on the third book in this series. It's called Twisted Hate. This is for all of the women listening who like to read romance novels. This series is wild. If you want to read, it's graphic. Like, I'm just going to say it like it is. It's graphic. This is like an 18 plus type of book situation. Like, you think Colleen Hoover is graphic? You need to read this series. It is like... It is next level graphic. So if that's up your alley and you're like, yeah, I want to increase my libido. Great. (laughs) Definitely read this series. It will 100% do that. 
the descriptions of the romance scenes between these couples are something to, there's nothing left to the imagination, actually. Like, it's great. So I recommend that. It's called Twisted. I bought the whole series on Amazon. Basically, every book follows a different character and like these four girlfriends, and each book is dedicated to the different woman. And it's from the woman's perspective and it's from the man's perspective. So each chapter flips between the man and the woman's perspective, which is really, really cool because yeah, it just shows you how men think about things, how women think about things. And they're long books too. So they're really great. So that's what I would recommend if you're looking for something that is fiction and is, you know, I guess great for your hormones because it is, it's great for your libido. And also besides that, I definitely have other books on my nightstand. Like I said, the skin sobering book is what I'm reading as well right now. And there's another one I'm reading. Oh, I'm doing, I started doing some inner child work. Oh, it's called the origins of you. If you want to do inner child work, this book is great. Great. Very great. And I think we all need to do inner child work. I'm actually going to try to get the author on my podcast because the book is so good. So thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Stay tuned for another couple next week that are coming. And again, if you're at the biohacking conference, send me a message and let's meet up. I will be around. Come up and say hello. Introduce yourself. Sure. Go for it. I would love to meet people in person. It's really exciting. So thank you so much and see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.